And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the Trackstar Sports MMA main card with your man, The Voice. And as always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Conor McGregor finally had his day in court. Got to court on July the 26th. Played out to some misdemeanors. No felony charges. Got five days of community service. And he's good. What does that mean, though? It means that the UFC can officially begin setting some things up for his next fight. Now, as soon as this happened, the current UFC lightweight champion took to social media and said, let's do it at MSG. We'll have all of the Dagestan brothers, not just those who live in Brighton Beach and the Russians there, but the ones that are in the UFC will have them fight against those fighters from Ireland, those in SBG Ireland. We'll have team versus team there in New York City. It's the same state and one city or so or you know just not too far away from the scene of the crime we will return to the place where everything went down and settle it hey sounds good to me sounds like there's no better place to stage this fight than at Madison Square Garden Khabib makes a lot of sense with proposing this But the rumors are that they're going to meet in Vegas on October 6th, which is the month before the MSG card. The MSG card is November 8th. (sighs) Again, he makes a lot of sense with all the things he's saying. And from a financial standpoint, I'm not sure which place brings in more money. They make a ton of money in New York. And it's closer to Ireland, so people flying over, they can get there a little bit easier than they can get to Vegas from Ireland. And Ireland definitely travels for Connor. You already have a built-in Russian base there in New York City, in Brighton Beach, in Brooklyn, which is the reason why Khabib was fighting in Brooklyn earlier this year. So you already have them there. It's closer for Ireland, but that may be too much of a powder keg for the UFC to try to contain, especially in light of what happened last time. So with all that being said, the rumored location in Vegas seems more likely than in New York. But man, that will be a beautiful, beautiful setting, storybook setting for that fight to take place. Well, speaking of that MSG card, it is taking shape, man. They have announced so many fights for this card, and they always stack the MSG card. It's one of their premier cards of 
the year. They have a ton, a ton of welts, uh, not welterweight, middleweight fights that they've booked for this card. You've got David Branch, New York City's own, taking on Jacques Allais. They have been going at it, at least from Branch's end, for a minute. Branch has been angling for this fight for a while, doing all kinds of stuff on social media. And that is so outside of David Branch's character. He usually just comes in, takes care of business. That's it. He's been doing so much to get this fight. And his wish has been granted. He's fighting Jacare, former champ. And New York City's own Chris, the All-American wide man, will be taking on the man who dethroned him, the man who took his belt from him, the man he was supposed to face in Los Angeles when Bisping took the crown. And that will be none other than Luke Rockhold. That's right. They're doing it again. Weidman versus Rockhold 2. But that's not all. That's not all. The person that the UFC is grooming to be the new face of Brazilian MMA. The third generation of phenomenal fighters from the cradle of MMA. Paulo, the eraser, Costa, is taking on Yoel, soldier of God, Romero. Are you kidding me? Last we heard, Romero was going to fight at 205 and try to fight Cormier. But now he's coming back to 185, a weight that he's missed twice in the past two times he's attempted to fight against a killer. In, in Costa and Romel's a killer himself. I mean, Yoel, not Romel. Anyway, it goes. You see your man in the voice is getting excited. Why? Because that's going to be, should be, a phenomenal fight. And whoever wins any of these fights, if they do so in a very convincing fashion, they put themselves in good place when it comes to be next in line to take on the winner of Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum that is being rumored to take place in the first quarter of 2019. Now, speaking of rumors, I I spoke the rumors last week that Fedor and Chell will be facing each other on October 13th. We know that fight is going to take place because it is a semifinal of the heavyweight grand prix but it's official not only will they be fighting but they'll be fighting at nycb live in uniondale new york now the day before that matt mitrion and ryan bader will be fighting uh just a couple um hours over at mohegan sun in uncasville connecticut now on the Helwani Show, Ariel said this week that if he were just a fan, he would be buying tickets to both. I don't know what he was doing before he started doing journalism for MMA, but to travel all that distance and pay for the tickets for both might be a bit prohibitive if you live in that area. Uh, it may not be, though. What I do know 
is that whether you live there or not, you will be able to see them both on the Paramount Network. And if you have the zone, I'm sure you can see it there as well. Or if you have the zone by that time frame. Now, speaking of NYCB Live, the first time I heard about it was a couple weeks ago when the PFL went there. And they are coming back there again for their next fight on August 2nd. This time for PFL 5, you're going to have the lightweights and the light heavyweights looking to secure their spots in the playoffs. Now, at the lightweight division, you got Robert Watley and Brian Foster leading the field with five and four points respectively. And there's a three-way tie for third with uh, each of these fighters having three points each. You got former Bellator champ Will Brooks, Natan Schulte, and Islam Mamedov. At 205, Vinny Magales and Maxime Grisham have a lock on that thus far as both are tied for first with six points, which is the maximum amount of points you can have. You got Sean the Real O.C. Cano right behind them with five points. And then you have yet another Bellator former champion in Brandon Halsey, as well as Raheem Clifford, Cleveland and Dan Spahn, who have four points. There are only going to be nine fights on this card. First four will be on Facebook Watch starting at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. Then switch over to NBCSN at 9 Eastern, 8 Central for the remaining five cards. All right, time for some boxing news, as I like to call it, the old one-two. A fight that looked bound for a purse bid got made just before the deadline. And it will feature WBO middleweight champ Billy Saunders, who will defend his belt against mandatory challenger Demetrius Andrade this fall. Now, Matchroom Boxing's promoter, Eddie Hearn, told ESPN that looks like that fight is going to take place October 20th. And if Hearn said it because of his deal, his major deal with the zone, more than likely that's where it's going to take place. This week, you got two fights happening. One on the West Coast, the other on the East Coast. In the West, in Los Angeles, California, and on Showtime, you have Mikey Garcia, who's ranked number two, facing off against Robert Easter, ranked number three for Garcia's WBC title and Easter's IBF title. So they're both bringing their titles to the line. Winner takes all and walks away with two of the major belts. On the East Coast, in Kissimmee, Florida, and on ESPN Plus, you got Christopher Diaz taking on Masayuki Aito. This is going to be a 12-round fight at Junior Lightweight for the vacant WBO title. That card starts at 9.30 Eastern, 
8.30 Central, again on ESPN+. Plus. Whereas the Showtime cards normally start around uh, the same time, around 9, uh, I'm sorry, about 10 Eastern, 9 Central. One Championship's Reign of Kings takes place on July 27th at Manila's Mall of Asia Arena in the Philippines. I want to wet your beak for this phenomenal card before I start to share the strengths of the individual fighters. On this card, you have blue chip prospect Gary Tony, who looked very good in his first fight. You have former one champs Edward Foyolong and Shinya Aoki. You have the legend Henzo Gracie taking on a three-time king of pancreas in Yuki Kondo. You have an undefeated Dagestani fighter making his one debut and he's doing so against a former champion. But not only that, you have in the main event the one lightweight and featherweight champ looking to get the interim bantamweight title and hold all three of those at the same time. This is why despite the lack of love and coverage in the U.S., one is a major player in the MMA landscape and the leader in Asia. Told you about the champ at both lightweight and featherweight. That is none other than Martin, the situation, new in. Now, and situation is spelled S-I-T-U dash Asian. So it's got a little play on words there. He'll be taking on Kevin the Silencer Bellingham. Nguyen tried to capture the Bantamweight title in March, but he lost to the long-reigning champ in Bibiano Fernandez. And if you don't know about Bibiano Fernandez, dude is a beast. Like I said, he's been the one champ forever. He is considered the very best Bantamweight fighter outside of the UFC. And what helps with that claim is that he fights with the possible greatest fighter that there is right now and trains right there beside him, Iron Sharpening Iron, who is none other than Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. They both train together at uh, AMC Pancrase in Washington. But back to the fighters in this bout. The silencer, he last lost to Fernandez, who was the current champion. That was two and a half years ago. Since then, he's won five in a row. Look for the Filipino crowd to be firmly behind their country's own in Bellingham. And with 14 knockouts between Nguyen and the silencer, look for this to be a striking heavy affair. The co-main event has lightweight implications as well. As Shannon Wanshin Waterchai is taking on Shinya 
Toby Khan Judon Aoki. This actually winds up being a battle of the shins. Uh, as Shannon's nickname is one shin, and Shinya Aoki's first name starts with the shin. Anyway, I couldn't help myself. But Warachai's striking system, he, yeah, he's got his own striking system, kind of like Bang Ludwig, but it is very combination heavy, and you can look for him to try to employ that against the legend that Shinya Aoki. Aoki has 48 fights to his credit. He is the former one lightweight champion. And he's looking to rebound from a welterweight title loss to Ben Askren. Um, Well, actually, he did rebound with a submission victory back in March in the lightweight division, which is where both of these fighters have their eyes firmly set. They want that strap, or at least one of them, that new win holds as I stated the legend Henzo Gracie is fighting on this card originally this is supposed to be his retirement fight but he walked that back in a recent interview with MMA Junkie he said he stopped fighting because of the panic attacks his son was having so he stepped away to take care of him bravo to Henzo for doing that taking care of family family first charity starts at home so no qualms with that but said his son has uh things under control now and he's ready to go back to fighting but he never stopped training during that time training with the likes of um of the answer frankie edgar training with the likes of david branch training with the likes of so many different people there in that area. Uh, GSP. I mean, so many killers he's been training with, and he's looking to display the new skills that he's picked up against Kondo. Kondo has a storied career as well, though, and this will be the 104th fight in his career. But the last five of his fights? Yeah, he's one in four. So this either could be a tune-up fight for the 51-year-old Gracie or just the kind of matchup to make him reconsider fighting. As I stated, a lot of people aiming for Martin Yuen and his 155-pound title, including former champ Edward Landslide Foyolong, who lost the belt to uh, Nguyen last year. He'll be facing an undefeated Sambo champ in Aziz Parudov. And Aziz is making his one debut. This, by far, if you look at Aziz's opponents, by far, uh, Landslide is his toughest opponent to date. Now, Aziz does like his submissions. As 13 of his 20 wins are by submission. So he'll be looking to get it to the ground. Whereas Landslide, he likes to outwork and outpoint his opponents. So look for more of a grinding affair from him if he is to win. Now the curtain jerker, or at least I should say the last fight that I am covering for 
one this week is the voices marquee matchup because oh my goodness there's so many unknowns that take place with this you have gary the lion killer tony who looked phenomenal in both his one as well as his mma debut back in march on that same card his opponent rahul raju lost to the co-main event fighter for this card, Shannon Walkerchai. This will be contested at 155. I think the last time Tony fought, it was at 170. And we just don't know what's going to happen in this fight. Like I said, Tony looked phenomenal. He is a jujitsu ace. Will he lean on that jujitsu in this fight? I don't know. Or will he go for a knockout like he did in winning his first fight. I don't know. Will the Kerala Crusher use the Kung Fu that started his martial arts journey and use that to defend and protect himself the same way he did in the schoolyards as a children, as a child? Will he use that and the other many martial arts skills that he's put under his belt to school Tony? We won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up and they start the clock. Again, this card has so much potential and you can see it for free on the one app as long as you're not living in one of the 138 countries that one broadcasts to. Uh, if you're in the U.S. or outside of those 138 countries, one app has you covered. Uh, starts at 7 p.m. local time in Manila, uh, which will be about 12 hours earlier here stateside. If you're up on Friday morning, though, and you can catch it, do your best to catch it. You will not be disappointed. UFC on Fox 30 is taking place at the Saddle Dome in Calgary, Canada. The main event is a rematch and not just a rematch, but a grudge match. A match that has been brewing ever since the first one ended in controversial fashion. And it pits Eddie the Underground King Alvarez versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier. This is the last fight on Eddie's contract. A win puts him in great negotiation position, whether that be coming back to the UFC or going back to Bellator, where there is unfinished business with yet another unsigned fighter in High Ridge's own Michael Chandler. And the money that Alvarez is getting right now is not much more than what he was making when he was with Bellator uh, previously. At least, not his fights without being the champion. Fight 
as champion, yeah, you're making more money. But not as a champion in the UFC, he's not really bringing in that much more. Now, as far as champions are concerned, Dustin called his shot at the strap when he KO'd Gagey in April. He was like, Dana, I've never asked for anything. Give me my shot at the strap. I need that strap. They did not give it to him, but they did give him the fight, another fight that he very much wanted, which was this fight with Alvarez because he feels that Alvarez is dirty. He feels that he need him in the head on purpose, which he did. I mean, Alvarez said he did. He didn't say that he was attempting to commit a foul, but he definitely mentioned him in the head, which has Dustin feeling all kind of wrong about the situation. So if he can't get the title, then maybe he can wrest the title away of the most violent champion in the UFC that Eddie holds currently. The winner of this fight more than likely will fight the winner of Habib and Connor whenever that takes place. Also on this card, a fight with title implications is the co-main event which pits Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens. It will be so hard to deny Stevens a shot at the belt if he were to win this fight and do so in impressive fashion. Aldo, he cannot move forward. He can't reestablish himself in MMA if he loses this fight because it'll be three in a row for the former champion who held the belt for a decade. Yeah, can't lose three in a row and expect to get back in title contention. At least no time soon. And Father Time is against you. And Aldo has said, after this contract is done, he's done fighting. So this is a watershed moment for both fighters at 145 pounds. Not to mention, we don't know what's going to happen with the champ uh, Holloway. We don't know what's going to happen with the number one contender in Brian Ortega. Will he fight for an interim belt? Will he fight for the full belt? Will Holloway ever fight again? We don't know. Oh, and by the way, Chad Mendez has reinserted himself into the picture recently when he came back to the UFC after a two-year layoff for a drug suspension with a dominant, dominant first round finish so that's why this is the voices marquee matchup because so much hangs in the balance with the conclusion of this fight another fighter that's in a similar position to Aldo is former champ Joanna Jantrejcik she has also lost her two last fights like Aldo, they have also been to the same opponent. Like Aldo, 
that opponent took the title away from Jan Zlejcik. And a third straight loss would not be beneficial for Joanna, at least not at strawweight, which is where this fight is being contested. She'll be facing Tisha Torres, who is on the opposite end of the spectrum. See, she's won her last three fights. And, or I should say she had won her last three fights before running into Jessica Andrade back in February and is now looking to rebound. But she's not going at this alone. She enlisted the help of the person who took not only the belt, but the undefeated record away from Jens Lechek in the current champ, Thug Rose Namajunas. Rose and uh, Torres both live in the Colorado area, so uh, they got together and Thug Rose gave her some tips and pointers on how to beat Joanna Champion. Now, can Tisha employ those things? That remains to be seen. Will the insight be enough to put her over the top? Hey, we don't know. But for JJ to return to greatness, she's got to win this fight. And here's something else that's different about this. For Joanna, it's the first three-round fight that she's had since 2014. Yeah, lots going on there. The curtain jerker pits nine and one. Alexander the Great Hernandez versus Olivier the Canadian gangster Obama Mercier. Hernandez is looking to kill just like he did in his UFC debut which was a performance of the night KO versus Benil Darius and that just took place in February of the nine victories that Hernandez has six of them have been stoppages now the former Quebec kid is on a roll he has won four straight with two submissions and one KO among them the Canadian gangster, the Quebec kid, whatever you want to call him. He wants to derail the great hype train that Alexander Hernandez is on. So this fight will be contested at lightweight and it's a great, great bout to open the main card with. Fight fans, if you want to keep up with track star sports, like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also follow us on Anchor.fm where new content gets released all the time. If you're an Android user, the easiest way to hear Trackstar Sports, as well as all of your favorite podcasts, is by downloading Podcast Republic. Once you're there, subscribe to Trackstar Sports and new episodes will be ready for your listening pleasure. And for my iOS users, do the same thing via Apple Podcasts. Also, 
Make sure you join the Debate Fuel Facebook group as you will get an opportunity to talk with your favorite correspondents about sports there. All kinds of sports, not just MMA and boxing. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the Trackstar Sports MMA main card. And I'm sounding off.